Interesting. Interesting. All right. Is that the extent of your theories this week? Uh, well, my other one was that Yanis uh, turns into Alexander, but that's... that's Yassin. Uh, Yassin. God, I'm gonna, yeah. he's, he's like Catherine. I'm going to just... It, it's just... It's Yanis, <laughs> yeah, Tromsey, and Catherine. Welcome to the After Dark Podcast with Anthony James and Conrad. Episode 5 truths make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode hello and welcome to the after dark podcast this is the podcast where me anthony james takes conrad hello that's him we take him through after no don't take him through after dark we take him through dark we we almost had a good intro there almost we could go we could go through after dark as well if we wanted to but it would probably extend the length season two of after dark we go through our podcast yeah yeah it's like yeah, we're just it's it's after dark all the way down. It's like Inception. Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you did also reference still being in a dream in one of the other episodes. So it's all it's all connecting, you know. Yeah. Uh, okay, so before we start this uh, episode, I think I need to do uh, a bit of a plug because, as you know, we've been on a bit of a journey, a journey through time, so to speak, where we've been trying to get the podcast onto audio listening apps there's been a number of people in the comments asking for this and it makes sense you want to listen to a podcast when you're on the go so we finally figured it out we got off our lazy bums and we figured it out so we did it we did it we did it i don't know how we did it but we did it uh so as of now we have either got our podcast up on the following uh apps or they are in the process of being approved but these are the apps you can listen to our podcast Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Player FM, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify. Okay, I'll go through them again. Apple Podcasts, <laughs> Google Google Podcasts, Player FM, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify. One more time! No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, the whole shebang. The whole shebang. Well, pretty much everything. Any any app that let us put it up without also claiming to own our podcast, we put it on there. I mean, a, lo- a load of the one, a load of the other ones like Deezer, Listening Notes, Pandora, whatever these are, they basically have a little note that says, "If you put it up here, we own your podcast and we can do what we want with it." Yeah. It's like, how about no? Yeah, it wasn't super appealing. It wasn't super appealing. So, any of the ones I've just listed, I'll put a graphic on the screen as well. If you're watching the YouTube version, which I'm sure you will be, because you don't know about the podcast yet on the audio versions. But there you go. We've actually done it. I feel like we feel like a real podcast now. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it is official. We are actually a podcast. We are actually a podcast, not just a video on YouTube now. Yeah, rather so. than like a, a boomer-ass YouTube video made by two men in their 30s or nearly in their 30s who yeah. don't actually know what a podcast is. So, so go and subscribe uh, and then you'll download them onto your, onto your phones. You can listen to them in the car, on a run, whatever you want. But there we go. We've done it. Right. Let's get into the episode today. But before we get into the breakdown, uh, we had a comment from Marvin and Marvin has actually been a comment uh, question giver before, which is great. So he's got back in touch and he said, I think uh, something that's missing from the show is that you try to, you should try to pronounce the German names for all of the episodes of the podcast. So <laughs> I didn't actually, I didn't actually realize until I read that, that we were just passing on by because I've actually glossing seen over it. We're glossing over it. I've seen, I've seen like reaction videos and stuff on YouTube of the different episodes and they all put in the title of the episode, the actual German name of the episode. We're, we're fools. We've actually been putting the English name 
which we will I mean, continue it's, to do. It's a very it's a very English thing to do that. Just assume that English is the standard and and just disregard any other language. Yes, that must have been your idea, Conrad. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, so, what do you think, Conrad? Do you think uh, we should go through the previous four uh, episodes, which we haven't done, and we'll have a go at pronouncing the name? And then when we get to the episode today, we'll see the, f- the fifth episode, we'll do that. And then every week we'll do it from now on. What do you think? Yeah, I think that sounds like a good plan. All right. So we do have to give a bit of a, a, bit of a proviso at the start of this. Conrad has done German in school, I believe. Yeah, I do. I, I speak. I, ha- I have successfully directed a German man to the beach in German while in Spain before. So just, you know, putting that out there. I'm pretty pretty good at, at German. That's ba- yeah, that is really good. Like I I have three weeks on uh, on Duolingo, uh, so pr- I'm pr- you know you're not I mean, quite like, at, you're, you're not quite at my level. Uh, yeah, there, you're, I mean you're basically there. Three weeks is all it takes to learn a language. I mean yeah, like I, it wasn't I, to be honest with you, I wasn't even on a streak the whole time either. So uh, <laughs> anyway, but uh, we'll give it a go. So unfortunately, I'll because Conrad has the uh, experience of German in a way. I'm going to be giving it a go first and then we can all laugh at me and then Conrad's going to pretend that he knows what it is and then we'll all laugh at him. Yeah, I'll confidently approach these and get them completely wrong. Okay. Um, apologies to any German speakers out there. Uh, we don't mean to butcher it. Uh, but <laughs> This we've is been, going to go so badly wrong. We've been asked to do it, so we're going to do it. Okay, so number one, episode one was in English was Secrets. And uh, I don't even know how to pronounce, go, go about this. Give it a go. I'm going to go with. Start at it. Okay, I'm going to go with Geheimnisse. Do you want me to go after each one, or do you want to do all four? Let's go after each one. Geheimnisse. Okay, so I, I'm pretty sure that's right. I would, I would say, yeah, Geheimnisse is. Geheimnisse. Uh, nice oh, more of a knee. Okay. But, I mean, I could be completely wrong. That's just how my fake German accent would <laughs> would translate <laughs> yeah. that. You know, I trust your fake German accent above all else. Uh, so that's. I think I did pretty good there. So now, yeah, uh, I think you did well. The second one, lies in English, is I, I don't know what the two dots means. So, oh, the umlaut. The umlaut. Okay, I'm gonna go with lugen. Yeah, I, th- I think I think an umlauted u is an u sound, basically. So yeah, lugen I think would be how I'd say that as well. Okay, so you're gonna try and say that I should actually do a worse job at this? Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stop, stop getting them right before I get to them because I just sound like I'm copying you now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, I've, I've, I told you, three weeks on Duolingo. So the third one uh, is past and present. This is where it's all going to go downhill for me. I'm going to go with gestern und or und. I know und is the uh, the accent way to do it. So gestern und heut or heute. Yeah, it would be heute. Oh, gestern und heute. I'm surprising is... myself here. You're, uh, you're absolutely knocking this out of the park, to be honest. And you're going to get this last one because you can just kind of, you can break this one down into two words effectively. Yeah, so it's um, Doppel-Eben or Doppel-Eben. Uh, Doppel-Eben. Doppel-Eben. Okay, okay. So yeah. you, you sort of cut it in the middle of the two L's. Yeah, yeah. So okay, yeah, well, it's... that was, I, I'll say that I got that one wrong. So I got three out of four, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll let the we'll let the listeners decide that because it could be that I've just given you false confidence. But to me, <laughs> to my highly trained ear that that sounded pretty good <laughs> all right okay I, I think this is marvin thanks very much this seems like a good fun thing uh so we'll do that from now on at the start of the episodes and we'll try and get them right and use kind of a laugh at us right okay let's go what do you think yeah let's do it oh let's break it damn
All right, so the episode opens with another dark trademark uh, montage. So I'm going to try and go through a few different things here. If there's any, I'm not going to point out every little thing, but if there's something that you, if I've missed or you want to hone in on, just let me know, okay? Okay. So we see uh, both chiefs of police. Uh, we see Egon and Charlotte, or Catherine, you would say. And we, yeah, see, we see them in front of the missing boards where they've got all the clues and the people missing. We see Bartos uh, on the phone to Marta. Marta hangs up on him. Uh, Jonas is holding the red string. We see re- a load of really cool sort of uh, split screens between the characters. So, uh, and I think they actually, most of the characters here aren't the same person in the split screens. Um, some of them are, so I think Enos is. But like you have Egon and Charlotte, obviously they're connected through being the chief of police there in that split screen. We get really interesting uh, bit about Hannah. She's trying to ring Ulrich and he's not yeah. answering. And in the past, in 1986, she is trying to, oh, she's sticking Ulrich into a, into a book. Uh, so it's really well paralleled there. Uh, and then the last thing, oh yeah, there's also Mikkel is in the hospital. Um, it also has... Oh yeah, this is the last one I'm going to mention. Everyone's like sort of being shown what their comparison is. So Charlotte and Egon, very similar. Hannah, when she's on the phone, but they're all sort of, they're all comparing to each other. Yasin, poor man. He gets put next to a picture of dead sheep. He does, yeah. But I I think, um, like you say, this is a really, uh, first off, Christ, this is hard work, this opening. It's like another one where it's just like, there's a lot going on here and you have to pay attention. But um hard work in a good way but uh yeah th- this is a, a very smart um opening and the way it, the images cut together is really clever because it, it kind of um it, it's a, a sort of visual representation of that mirroring that they were talking about in the last episode where yeah. they're, they're kind of these uh, lines of comparison drawn between characters and relationships which is sometimes the character and their younger selves but in the case of Charlotte and Egon, it's obviously, or it seems to be uh, a role mirroring and both being the chief of police. And obviously it's fascinating that Yanis's mirror is the sheep because the implication seems to be there that those sheep had some effect on what we find out has happened to him. Um, and also uh, interesting to see that Jonas, uh, because of the way the way it's edited, it, it shows one, gives you a close-up of something that that person is doing and then reveals the second one and Jonas is playing with the red cord and then it shows Marta which it's it seems to be just visualizing the kind of love triangle between Jonas, Marta and Bartos but I wonder Mm -hmm. if there's more to it than I'm initially appreciating um, that links into the red cord that was left on his bike Mm -hmm. Um, yeah I I noticed that as well about the love triangle Um, yeah so we'll wait and see anything any other notes about this one any idea uh, any uh, thoughts about Hannah her in the in this montage about the sticking of the picture and all yeah i mean it's this episode uh does a lot to flesh out hannah's character and i i I will probably arrive at my conclusions as the episode goes on but it's it's one thing that i really appreciated about this episode was numerous points where i felt like okay they've they've kind of pigeonholed hannah to a certain extent not not necessarily in a bad way but but um I'd kind of expected them to to put her into this kind of bunny boiler territory where she's kind of this this spiteful ex. They actually did more to develop her character, and it mm-hmm. it starts here, and and it really plays with your assumptions and expectations in a very smartly manipulative way. Um, and I also like the fact that Ulrich appeared to be playing with a Cluedo piece in this. 
yes actually well i think uh okay so at this point it's it's interesting like the the little piece that he had is actually i think that's the piece from the first episode where mickle made it disappear between the cops oh that's interesting i didn't notice that that was that's what you made disappear actually so basically the symbolism there is that when he made it disappear between the cops the the piece moving between the cops is kind of like mickle moving between the times yeah. so ulrich seems to understand that symbolism because he's sitting holding the piece as if that's mickle he's like he's moved between the times do you know what i mean yeah or like perhaps even doesn't sort of consciously understand it but oh no no of course not he has uh, he has he hasn't read the script but yeah (laughs) but it's it's that's the symbolism they're going for i think yeah yeah uh right okay so if that's all you have to say about that montage there's one or two things that i i i I don't want to don't want to mention at the minute but we'll come back to them i think as we go through because the symbolism in the in the initial montage which will open up for larger conversations towards the end of this episode if you understand what i mean yeah uh, definitely the 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 yona stuff I, I mean i'm gonna say this now as well actually as as i have made a habit of doing i came out of this episode with some pretty enormous theories about things that are going on and and although they're not i suppose they're not really explicitly linked to this uh, montage there are a couple that the, the the thoughts i had about them kind of maybe originated here okay awesome uh, right. Okay. So now we're on to the title card. So this episode is called Truth in English. Yep. So now our new tradition uh, we do is we try and pronounce this in in German as well. Um, Warheiten. Okay. Uh, I would say Warheiten. Oh, Warheiten. Va- yeah. yeah, I think that would be a V. Warheiten or Warheiten. Oh, of course it would be. Of course it would be. Yeah. So I was close enough, but I just I just completely watch the uh the the, the the v i say <laughs> the thing is i say vinden all the time too so i don't know what i'm thinking yeah so i was pretty pretty close we'll, we'll not give me the point that one i don't think all right yeah that, you've 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 done yourself out of a point there through yeah, through, yeah there's plenty of time to come back there's 24 of these so yeah exactly 26 i think oh 26 well there you go plenty there's, of time yeah to there's 10 back. in the first series and then eight eight okay that lack of that lack of uh, consistency sort of annoys me but we'll not talk about that <laughs> Uh, we get, uh, after the credits, it starts up with a radio. So as it's done a few times already, uh, the radio host is talking about the children being missing, sort of adding to the, the he- heightening the tension. It shows Ulrich uh, coming into work at the police station. And there's a load of people with pickets um, sort of protesting that they're not doing anything, I suppose. Um, yeah. I don't know if you have any thoughts about this uh, at all, but... Um, I've, well, I felt it feels slightly misdirected given Ulrich is one of them who's who's lost his his child but it you know it feels it feels believable that there's mounting pressure on the um on the police to to figure out what's happening now that uh now that three or oh, actually thinking about it in this chronology do, the public don't know about Yanis yet at this point do they yasin yasin rather not Yanis. um yeah have they found out about yasin yet um yes because on the it shows That's a picture radio, of, of of the missing poster too Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, if there's been three, then I could definitely see there being an angry mob for me yeah, trying definitely. to get them to do something. Definitely. Um, we get then uh, uh, a chance for um, the actress who plays Elizabeth to flex her acting chops because Charlotte uh, delivers the news to her that Yasin, her boyfriend, has been taken. Um, and Peter is sort of in the wings there too. 
So this scene sort of leads into another, but we'll talk about this scene first before we move into the next one. Um, so Charlotte delivers the news. Elizabeth's very upset. Any thoughts? Um, well, so so first off, um, when Charlotte asks Ellie to describe Noah, um, bearing in mind my current theory at this point for who Noah is, um, but as soon as she said blue eyes, my immediate thought was balls. I've got that wrong. So, so I started thinking about who who Noah was and indeed who that stranger uh, is, which not to give anything away, but we will come back to that later. Okay. Um, but I thought this was a really good scene in terms of um, character work. I think Charlotte, again, doing more of the same stuff that she was doing in the previous episode where you feel really sorry for her, mm-hmm. where she's kind of willing Peter to ha- provide her with any excuse as to what he was doing, even if it means he admits to you know cheating on her or, or doing something else, just yeah. so long as it's not what she suspects him of doing. And also, Peter, I... I wonder whether this is Peter's being set up. This is, this is another kind of um, theory that I, that I have in my head at the moment. It's not, not a big one, but I wonder if Peter's being set up as a red herring here because he's so obviously implicated in this with the red soil and the fact that he seems like he's trying to divert Charlotte's investigation um, away from the truth under the guise of protecting Ellie from hard questions. Um, yeah. And the fact he doesn't actually answer Charlotte's question when she asks him what he was doing makes me think, uh, he seems so guilty that I'd actually be surprised if he was if he was guilty. Yeah, I think he answered her by saying, you're insane. Um, yeah, he says, you're nuts, which is like really great dismissive husband's response when you're really trying to annoy your wife. So um, <laughs> like, he, he, it's, he's very suspicious. Like, yeah, and it's, the idea that he says you're insane instead of, uh, instead of actually just saying, no, 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 you're not, I, I didn't do anything. It sort of does imply he's some in some way involved in something, yeah. Um, as uh, maybe not involved in the the kidnappings, but there's something he doesn't want her to find out. Definitely. Yeah, I I, I think that's that much is 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 obvious. But um, I, I yeah, I, I wonder whether he has whether he's he has been doing something to do with his repressed sexuality that he is guilt that he is, uh, is making him feel guilty and he's actually being set up as some kind of uh set up as some kind of fool guy for this i don't know at the moment we'll probably get more into it a bit later but mm-hmm. but um certainly the the show seems to be pointing at him as a culprit of something um so explicitly that i'm suspicious of it awesome uh okay so that's sort of covered both of the scenes there so we can just move on then uh what about Enos then comes, uh, Enos is in the hospital with uh, Mikkel. We see her giving him a present. Um, Now, he doesn't actually open that until later on uh, in the episode. Usually I would skip forward to that, but it's actually quite a big scene in the scene where he opens it. But we see, we just see that it's a book um, and it's called I'm Not Scared or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't actually write down the name, but it looks like it's kind of a bedtime story or something. I I also actually, complete um, aside, did they add a mole for Enos's actress in this episode because I, I don't remember her having it no she did have it and that's uh, if you want to listen back to the after dark podcast guys and just point out where Conrad got something wrong uh I actually noticed that you were whenever I said did you notice anything uh what do you think about the actresses about when the, in the initial split screen at the end of the second episode you said something about uh the fact that her mole uh must have been removed or something you, you made some some point uh, some uh 
some point about the fact that only one of them had a mole. But yeah. in the picture I was looking at when you were saying that, they both had a mole on their face. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. I, I, I could have sworn that, uh, that she didn't have a mole, that her younger self didn't have a mole, but maybe I'm just misremembering it. I think, to be honest with you, and I would not be surprised about this, I think maybe the, the, the design choice may have been to make her mole very, very small until it's revealed who she was. Yeah, that, then, I wouldn't be surprised. And then yeah. after that, the makeup artists put put it, make it a bigger mole. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, just uh, talking about Ines's um, Ines's relationship with Mikkel here, I, I think it was it struck me in this scene, and particularly on a second viewing, how nice um, her relationship with Mikkel is. It's very genuine and um, caring in an episode or indeed a series where a lot of people's relationships are overly protective or even quite possessive. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a really nice that there's a, there's a really good juxtaposition that runs throughout this episode between Enos's relationship uh, with Mikkel and relationships of others, which will come up later. Yeah. And uh, I think I could probably mention now there's a scene in the hospital later on where we find out that Enos is actually in the past. Like she's very worried about Mikkel. Um, yeah. And she find like Mikkel's gonna gonna have to be going into a home uh, until they can find out who his parents are, or until they can get him adopted, or whatever. And um, and Enos is very very concerned about this. She says he's an unusual boy, very sensitive. Yeah. Uh, but she also opens up to this uh, social worker and mentions that she has had a, a a baby pass away in the past. Yeah. Uh, after just right after birth, her baby passed away, which which to me sort of gives deep, gives more depth to the uh to her being very maternal and sort of it almost as if she like sort of missed her chance do you know what i mean yeah no absolutely i mean i i i find it quite difficult to place her character's age but you know if if she's she's maybe mid 30s at this point given how old she is in the um how old she is in 2019 or early yeah. 30s so it's not inconceivable that she's kind of either accepted or um, been biologically forced to come to terms with the idea that she's she's not going to have kids. Um, so yeah, absolutely. It really it really gives some some uh, background to her relationship with Mikkel. Yeah, that's great. Um, all right. So, and I'm sure we'll have more to talk about that at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. um, right. So Bartos is uh, again trying to get into this phone. He can't get in. Um, he tries another one. He tries. He seems to try one every two days. I don't know. Like I wouldn't have that willpower. He's actually. He's got. I, I love. It. I love that he's tried off screen to get into the phone again. It's just like I'm just imagining him smoking some weed, phoning Marta, <laughs> get like her hanging up on him, and then him just getting fed up and trying one 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 again, and yeah. then same and then getting, same number again. Yeah, same one again. Just because he can't remember if he typed it correctly. <laughs> That's all Bartos is up to. Yeah, um, but then he gets, uh, then a phone call comes through. Um, and on the phone call, I'm sure you were very happy to hear the voice. Uh, it says his name is Noah. Yes. Yeah, so uh, obviously from the, the opening scene, or not the opening scene, but the, the Doppler house scene, I was like, okay, Noah isn't who I think it is. It's, it's this guy. And then hearing his voice, it, it led me to the conclusion that we are going to meet Noah in this episode, which perhaps will come true in a few scenes time perhaps it will perhaps <laughs> yeah okay so um it's funny that you immediately knew uh, knew that you got noah wrong because of the eye color well because i've been paying a lot of attention to that guy because i i've been trying working with through this theory of um that he's someone from someone who's been sent back in time um which uh, i still think 
Um, but uh, so yeah, I, I, I was aware of what his eye color was. I suppose he could be wearing, you know, contacts or something like that. But it it, uh, it seems quite purposeful for them to mention the eye color um, as a, a sort of hint of who who it is, um, yeah. so that you know them as soon as you see them. Yeah, cool. Uh, all right, then we get a very uh, str- funny scene. Well, it's fu- it's funny in a sadistic way. I find it funny just because I like the tension between them. But we get uh, Hannah showing up with a lasagna or some sort of yeah. bake, <laughs> bake uh, offering it to Katarina. Like she in really the pouring think- rain as well. Because obviously we know that Katarina's got her suspicions. Mm. So it's it's funny just being in Hannah's head there, and Hannah thinks that this is all fine, and no one, you know, she, no one's going to notice and stuff, you know. Yeah, there's there's a it's really uh, it's really interesting the arc of Hannah's character in this episode because at this point in the episode, uh, without putting it too bluntly, I was on the first watch through at least I was like she is a full on bunny boiler she's insane she needs to back off and leave Ulrich and Katarina's relationship alone um, and accept that you know she's she was an affair and that's it. Um, but as the episode goes on, it, it very very smartly recontextualizes what we know about her and how we feel about her um and and you know how we feel about Ulrich and, and Katarina's relationship and I, I loved uh, as well the uh the little moment in the scene where Katarina hugs Hannah before she leaves and you can tell that she's kind of like smelling her perfume or yeah, something yeah, yeah. and then and then she just gives Ulrich a death stare and it's yeah it's it's I love it's, that you noticed that it's just like yeah well i mean it's hard to miss the way she looks at ulrich and it's just like this is a relationship that's in trouble earlier on in the episode we've sort of seen the stranger you would theorist was noah now you don't think he's noah uh yeah. well you know he's not noah at this point but yeah. uh basically he we saw him earlier on you know changing the date uh packing up his stuff and he left the room we now get a scene where he comes down to regina asks to hold his room and he's got a package for her to deliver to deliver and it's addressed to Jonas Kahnwald. Yes. Yeah, so um, I won't go too much into it now because there's a scene later on between Jonas and um, and this character where I basically had a light bulb moment where I kind of put everything together. But I suppose in this scene, the thing that was really fascinating to me was um, what the apparatus that he has actually does because he appeared, he got it out after he'd already traveled through time mm-hmm. um, and then he put it away again before traveling through time again. So I don't think it's for traveling through time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. And what do you think about him sending uh, a package to your, uh, Jonas or do you want to talk uh, about that later? Oh, well, yeah, we'll get in, we'll get into that later, but Oh my God. It's all, <laughs> all I'm going to say about that. That was as soon as, as soon as he had the scene with Jonas later, everything, I think everything fell into place for me. Okay, awesome. Uh, right, then we get uh, a scene um, where Bartos and Jonas are hanging about, uh, hanging about playing video games. Um, yeah, playing the Surge, I think. Oh, is that, the, is that the game they're playing? Yeah, I think so. It's a good game, so they've got some taste. Yeah, well, I will say that it's one of the biggest bugbears for me in in films uh, is, or t- film and TV is whenever characters are playing video games. So we we've noticed in the Second episode, I think it was Ulrich uh, did a the young, the young Ulrich did a really good job with the old Atari. I think yes. he was quite believable. Now the thing is, the actors in this scene, I think, are very believable. They're very believably playing video games, but there's one problem. Yeah, the lights on the controllers aren't on. Oh really? I didn't notice that. And that's Show clearly ruined. just. I think that's just the art department or the cinematographer being like, 
Yeah, uh, it doesn't really fit the color palette. We're not having them yeah. on. <laughs> Which, I can't know. color correct that in post, so yeah. we're just going to not have them on. Yeah, like I, I, you know, I can, I can suspend my disbelief, no problem. But I sure uh, hope someone got fired for that blunder. Yeah, that is a blunder, of course. <laughs> uh, so Bartos has another plan to do with drugs, um, yeah. as has become uh, the usual for him. So he, as he thinks that Noah, who he's in touch with, is actually Eric's dealer, and yeah. he says to Jonas, Jonas, can you come with me, Jonas? Uh, can I trust you? Which is an interesting question based on the relationships that Jonas will advance and form in this, uh, in this episode. Okay. Interesting. Well, I mean, specifically with yeah, Martin. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> so basically he cannot. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't think he can. Well, I think he can for some things, but I think, yeah, yeah Jonas, Jonas has Bartos and exactly, and exactly the right kind of pigeonhole in terms of relationships. Yeah. And let, let's, he, he and let's, drug friend. Yeah, and let's let's be honest. Jonas Jonas couldn't trust Bartos because no, it seems like not. it seems like him and Marta were a thing. He he went away to the nut house, so to speak, and yeah. he comes comes back and his girl's gone. So yeah, Bartos swoops in to provide a shoulder to cry on, and and you know steals his girlfriend. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, so then we just get a little quick scene where we're, we're reminded of the watch that Charlotte was given for yeah. Charlotte, and she's also studying and purveying the. Uh, or the, the clues. Um, have you any thoughts or do you want to tease anything for later? Have, have any of your theories that you've got together have anything to do with the watch? Uh, well. I know you sa- said earlier that you thought, uh, in, sorry, in the last episode, you, you thought that the watch um, was just like something that Charlotte had when she was younger and that now she has it again. So any, anything there? There's, I haven't really got anything to do with the watch at the moment. Um, obviously, H.C. Tanhouse does come into this um, at the end. Um, I will say I suspect that H.C. Tanhouse made the watch, and I suspect it was made under duress from someone who has maybe taken uh, control of H.C. Tanhouse in a different timeline, although I'm not certain about that. But it's all kind of... It's all just wild theories that are up in the air at the moment. Okay, okay. Uh, no problem. Um, we'll get into some wild theories later. Oh, there's so many. Okay, awesome. <laughs> uh, so finally, finally, the moment everyone has been waiting for. We meet Noah. Yes. Um, so straight away when, you, when this guy said, my name is Noah, did you straight away be like, oh, this is Noah? Or was there a, a bit in you that questioned whether or not that was true? Or were you just like, were you just full on in, uh, this, yeah, this is Noah? No, I, I completely accepted it. And, um, and what a great way to introduce a character as well. Um, I, I got down here um, that the, the structure of these three scenes between the Jonas Mikkel, um, sorry, Jonas um, Bartos, and then the quick um, one of uh, Charlotte looking at the the crime board in the police station, and then this one is so smart because if you cut from Jonas and Bartos, like the the, the Charlotte scene probably doesn't actually seem that relevant in on its own because it's so mm-hmm. short it doesn't really yeah. tell you anything. But if you'd cut from the Jonas Bartos scene straight to um, the the Mickle meeting Noah scene, you would have missed out on a really really interesting implication, which is a kind of the show is subconsciously telling you that Charlotte is looking for Mickle. And the fact that it cuts from an image of someone looking for Mickle to Noah meeting Mickle, to me implies that Noah is also looking for Mickle. And we know that because, um, well, certainly by, by the end of this episode, but um, 
but we know um we, we kind of suspect that he's suspicious or doesn't really make very much sense he seems suspicious um so we we can sort of glean from that that he's looking for mickle and he probably has nefarious purposes for doing it so it immediately just sets up noah as this well effectively as the antagonist of the series which i think is what he's going to be uh, particularly given when he says his name there's a musical stinger which is never a good <laughs> never a good sign that that i call that the noah theme it's uh, yeah. it's it, yeah it's it's just absolutely amazing um and his voice is so like rich and deep uh, it's great but yeah. um i see what you mean also there's like sort of the implication to that cut that you're talking about as well of uh the watch into noah well that's where the watch came from noah yeah, gave exactly. it gave it to elizabeth as well so um, it's sort of linked in that way as well. All right, let's get into the actual conversation between Noah and Mickle now. So yeah. this is a great scene. I, I really love the dialogue between the two and it really confirms what we were thinking in the past few episodes about Mickle being a really clever character. Um, what do you think? About, I'll let you have a go at the dialogue first, have a little chat about it and then I'll put some thoughts in as well. But what do you think? I think, I mean, it just, it, it kind of uh, re-outlines how smart Mickle is and um I think the fact that he is skeptical immediately of Noah um, is kind of reinforces what this scene implies about Noah's character because we know that Mikko is intelligent, so we know enough to trust him. But also, you know, there are wider themes being hinted at here with the idea of, you know, what comes before the Big Bang and be skeptical of people who are skeptics. And, and it's, it's kind of hard to unpack exactly how much meaning there's going to be in this conversation but certainly yeah. it feels I, I i think mickle and noah i hope at least mickle and noah are going to have this kind of combative relationship and we're going to have conversations like this um or we're going to have uh, more conversations like this in future there's a few things that stuck out to me in the in the conversation um i love the, th the talk about the creation and the big bang again as you say that could just be themes that are, are going like it's always been it's been very physics-based um, the sort of scientific rhetoric so far in the series, um, which which this sort of just added to and compounded. But there was also uh, one line I wanted to point out in particular um, was when Noah said, "You need to question those who question things." So I really, I, re I just really like that line. Yeah, and and I think um, the fact that where we get to with Noah by the end of this episode with him like later on when he turns up and speaks to Bartos and the implications of his, well, I'll, I'll say it now, the implications of his appearance when Bartos meets him suggests that in this scene, like he doesn't kind of exist just in the 80s. Like he's kind of stepping through times. Like that's, that's, that's I, I won't give too much away yeah, on that. Yeah. What I'd suspected of Noah's character given what we'd already had established about him and the, the people who work for him at this point. So him kind of saying to Mick or yeah, be asked questions of people who ask questions. It, it seems, it seems very nefarious. Like he seems like he's trying to manipulate Mickle, but he's almost impressed by Mickle's capability for, for reasoning himself. Yeah, so yeah. I, I really hope there's more between these guys. Yeah. That'd be cool. Um, all right. So then we move on to, uh, Sort of, it's it's not quite a montage, but it's actually quite a number of scenes sort of in together. So we have, well, two scenes in together, I suppose. We have Hannah and Ulrich um, in, a, in the car and Ulrich just sort of finally, in a way, ends it. He's just like, no, get out of my car. I don't want you around me. I want to be with my family. Get out. And then Hannah's got a little smile on her face. Uh, and she says, which I thought was fantastic. She says, uh, you don't think you can get rid of me that easy or whatever she says like that. Yeah. Uh, then she gets out of the car and 
for the first time, I don't know if this, um, now I'm not sure this will be a common occurrence, but it seems as if we get a flashback. Obviously we've been seeing the seeing 86, but it's, it's almost as if we're seeing Hannah, Hannah remembering a time in 86, whenever Ulrich um, very much preferred Katarina over her, even back then. Um, and sort of, it's almost as if something goes in Hannah's head and she's like, oh, okay, this is how I'm going to approach this from now on. What did you think of this scene? Yeah, so I think, that, uh, particularly on a second viewing, this the, these next sort of set of scenes between Hannah and Ulrich or, or um, Hannah Ulrich and Katarina uh, become really fascinating because on, on the first viewing, she just kind of, she comes across as a scorned woman, basically. You know, she has a great mixture of kind of venom and heartache in her performance that seems very believable. But as we find out later, there's something beneath that uh which which motivates her and i think when you come back come back to this scene knowing that you can see that in the in the performance mm-hmm. um which is yeah it, it, and, and the, the way it cuts between this scene and then them going into the high school um or the, in the in the 80s and yeah, kind of yeah. sets up that relationship is is really smart i think although i was actually i wasn't I was confused as to whether they're supposed to be the same age. Because <laughs> like when Hannah was like young Hannah was standing next to Ulrich, there's about like two feet of difference in height between them. Yeah, I, th- I think well Hannah is 14 years old. And I would assume that Ulrich is around the same age as Jonas, sort of 16, 17. I think she is a little bit younger. Yeah, that makes more sense. I, I was just yeah, I, I was spent this episode trying to figure out whether Hannah and Katarina uh, were supposed to be the same age, because they definitely didn't look it. No, I would imagine there's a couple of years between. Um, yeah. that's, that's, that's what I took from it anyway. Uh, it might just be that the actress is actually the same age as them, but just looks really young. Yeah, you know, she but, be short. Yeah, just short. Uh, interesting uh, scene next, sort of following on. It seems it's implied sort of the same day in 86. And uh, it's Katarina and Ulrich talking about doing the dirty. And they're, they're both going to sort of take the step in their relationship and they they need to get some condoms. Katarina says she doesn't want AIDS and she wants no kids, no kids ever. Yeah. I, I, I think my main takeaway from this scene was that I think the German word for condoms is gummies, which is, a, <laughs> which is a great word for condoms. If that's, if that's right. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's very, uh, when you compare this scene to the next scene, um, it's a fantastic cut between Katerina um, basically being someone who is insistent that they will never have children when we know they will, and a cut to a character who we know absolutely does want kids and can't. Yeah, so that's that's great. And we've already had a chat about that Enos thing, so we're not going to dwell on that. But in terms of the yeah, the, the, the similarities between those two scenes or the sort of the contrast, I suppose, that's, yeah. that's, a, great, that's a great spot. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Um, also, they're sitting there smoking cigarettes outside the school. I, yeah, I like, I like the idea of the future principal and the future cop are sitting outside the school smoking. Yeah, yeah. Also, Ulrich has completely ruined that jacket. It's, like, he's, I know we talked about it before with him writing his no future thing on the yeah. back of it, but you know, that jacket has no future. <laughs> <laughs> quite frankly yeah uh, uh, yeah it's a it's a cool jacket though and he's, it is, yeah 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 he'll regret that one day um <laughs> many regrets Ulrich has uh okay then we get a short scene of uh charlotte and Ulrich discussing the case i suppose and Ulrich's sort of you know downheartened and then uh charlotte has a little bit of a monologue where she talks about uh that she has noticed the 33 years and she said, do you know about the lunar solar, the lunar solar cycle? Now I assume this is a real thing, but I've never actually looked up 
to see if the lunar soil cycle is a real thing. But she's saying sort of like every 33 years, everything's in alignment, like the sun and the moon and the planets, they're all where they should be. Well, they're, they're all in the same spot every 33 years. Yeah, um, I think she actually says the universe is the same as it was 33 years ago. And well, that's not true. Years, yeah, that seems way too short a time for the universe to revert. Well, the universe Where? is forever expanding, so it can't be the same ever. Yeah. So um, I think I think that was just maybe a translation well, issue. Maybe a translation issue, but it might also just be, you know, Charlotte doesn't really know what she's talking about. But yeah, she, she just watched she watched a TED talk on this and thinks yeah. she knows she thinks she knows what she's talking about. Yeah, yeah. But I'd be interested to see actually if she's right in terms of all the planets and all aligning every thirty three years. That yeah, I, I've not heard of it, but I, it definitely. I mean, it's it's plausible I, I, I honestly can't say one way or the other whether it's whether it sounds correct or not but um yeah i mean it's 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 one of those things where if it doesn't exist then it certainly sounded believable within the context of the show um exactly. and and her name dropping or not name dropping uh poignantly but mentioning her granddad who was really into black holes and the big bang and the big crash made me start thinking about who her granddad might be um i, I did i did write down is her granddad hd townhouse but I, that would feel too i think that would feel too convenient um but but that's uh that's the only character we've met who's super into that stuff so that's my current working theory for for who charlotte's granddad is yeah I, well i think to be honest with you i think that's the when you hear she say her granddad was into it that's like the only character you could have possibly yeah. your mind could possibly have went to so you know we'll, we'll see yeah we'll see if we ever, even if we ever meet that character we'll see but yeah. um like it doesn't even matter if we don't but it's yeah i think that's plausible what you've said right then we get the uh obi-wan kenobi scene uh, uh i knew i knew your father he yeah. fought, fought with me in the war uh right i'm just I'll gonna just let see. you i'm gonna let you go off on this scene if you want okay so setting up this scene right we know that the stranger has posted something or wants Regina to give something to Jonas. So as soon as he reveals himself to Jonas here, the, like my brain started working and, and started thinking, I, I literally watched this scene probably about seven times. <laughs> like, but so the fact that he's not bringing the item to Jonas here, the fact he's asked Regina to deliver it to him later this evening, implies that Jonas has to receive it at a certain time or in a certain place. And this stranger knows when that time it, uh, is or where that place right. is. Okay, so that's point one, that this guy seems to know stuff about Jonas's future before it's actually happened okay, um, and then okay. there's obviously the you look like him stuff we're talking about Mikkel um, or you know who will later find out uh, uh -huh, who that yeah. is um, so he's known him from a long time ago presumably so the 80s onwards but the real the real kicker in this scene where things started going into overdrive for me was when Jonas asks the stranger do we know each other and there is an incredibly long pause before he says no. And to me, that pause felt more like, it felt so significant. It felt more like someone saying, I don't recognize the person you are, rather than, no, we've never met each other. So I think that this guy is Jonas. <laughs> so, okay. and I think... So he late, then goes on to talk about how uh, Mikkel saved his life, but he only realized it much later, which feels very cryptic as well. And he talks about labyrinths and getting to the center. You don't know you're there until you arrive at it and talks about mm -hmm. death as the only true end. So the, the, I think that stuff is kind of thematic work rather than necessarily revealing anything, at least at this point. But the fact that 
this this kind of only revealed itself on the second watch through but what we know about what he gives to Jonas um I think links back to him talking about how Mikkel saved his life, but he only realized it much later. I, I think what he's talking about here is the letter that Mikkel sent him that he is then given at the end of this episode. And basically how, as soon as he reads that letter, he hits like a sort of convergence point in his life where his life will effectively never be the same again, because he understands so much more about how the universe works, I guess, than he did before. And that's Mikkel saving his life by effectively sending off on this path that will see him presumably travel back in time and grow up in the 80s and get into whatever kind of crazy stuff this guy mm-hmm. is. But so, so the the this guy's Noah theory is now dead. I, this guy <laughs> is 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 past or I guess future uh, future Jonas now to me. The man of many names. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look forward to next week's episode where that theory is destroyed. Yeah, future Marta. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, okay. All right. I, I understand all your reasoning there. I will ask one question, though. Yeah. Did you, think, did you check the eye colors? Uh, I didn't check their eye colors. Like, I, I, the eye colors I, were so important to you. No, I didn't check their eye colors, and their hair is slightly different color as well. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It just feels, the way they, the way they talk to each other, it makes me think that this this guy either must be Jonas or must be someone who Jonas knows in the present. Like it's it's got to be someone close to him. But I, I yeah, at the moment I'm thinking it's mainly the do we know each other? And rather than because if you ask that question to someone and you just didn't know each other, you would be like no, you would just say no. You wouldn't leave a really pregnant pause in between the question and the answer. So it's the fact he's like, do we know each other? And he literally waits for like five seconds, or no, probably more than five seconds, probably like 10 seconds before saying no, really made me think, okay, this guy is saying he doesn't recognize this person or there's there's more, there's subtext to that no that, that isn't necessarily apparent in the first listen. Interesting, interesting. Uh, okay, so I, I again I'll say I like your theories. I don't think you've ever, I don't think you've ever given me a theory I didn't like. Um, nice. So interesting. Now I will say that um, last episode you were theorizing about a couple of things. You theorized about this man being Noah. Yeah, and, and you also theorized about Mikkel being Michael, and we find out later in the episode that that is true. Uh, yeah. So. You've, it was, I, I, I know all the listeners were sitting there thinking, you know, when you were talking about all this, uh, you, you were thinking, oh, if only he knew he's going to find out next, next episode. So you literally found those two theories either to be right or wrong the next episode. Yeah, How long blown you... apart or, or confirmed as, the, yeah. as uh, the case may be. Exactly. So my, my question to you is like, obviously you can't really, there's no real way to predict when this show is going to reveal things to you. Yeah. But when do you think you will find out who this stranger is? I I don't know I like with this because it's because it's it's I feel like the show maybe I'm just being really susceptible to the kind of little red herrings it's throwing out and the little teasers that it's it's making in regards to this character but I feel like they're very explicitly not telling you that and mm-hmm. it's this character if if my read of what they're doing at the moment like to I mean basically from what we've seen of this character up until this point they've turned up in the present presumably from the 80s but we don't know they've 
dropped off like they've basically set up the whole vanished mickle thing presumably mm-hmm. for Jonas to find although i like I, I i don't don't fully know whether it's going to be him who finds it but i'm convinced that that room is set up for someone else to find it's not for the the stranger's benefit so they've turned up given given Jonas some stuff set up this room gone back to the 80s and then speaking to HG Tanhouse by the end of the episode so they're kind of operating on a, a plot level that's so far removed from pretty much everyone else that we know with yeah. the exception of I would assume Noah that it wouldn't surprise me if we, we don't find out for a long time to be honest and we're just left to kind of guess at who they might be yeah interesting okay cool um Right, let's motor on through because I really want to, now that we've sort of uh, got your theories either right or wrong mostly in this episode, I want to hear what your new ones are as well. So there's your first one. Yeah. Uh, that, that that stranger is actually an older version of Jonas. Okay. Yep. So I'm sure you've got other ones, especially around Noah, I'm hoping. So we'll, yep. uh, we'll move on. Awesome. So uh, then we get a scene outside of the hospital where Hannah uh, comes over to Mikkel. Mikkel, we see... We see Mikkel, now this is actually, obviously we know the reveal at the end of this episode, so this is a huge, huge clue. Um, Anyone who got to the end of this episode without already knowing the twist, I just have to ask how, because the the book in this episode was literally the writers just being like, yeah, here you go. Yeah, it was right there. Like I'd I'd kind of, even if I didn't have the theory, it would have been confirmed like uh, definitely at this point probably a little bit earlier than this to be honest yeah like it, i i actually really like it though because i think most people put together this twist if it was two minutes before the twist happened or three episodes before they they as you got closer to the twist they gave you more obvious and more obvious clues yeah uh, they're just leading you they're leading the horse to water exactly yeah everyone everyone likes getting a twist right you know what i mean yeah. so uh okay so he gets the book twist confirmed then we've got uh mickle and hannah meeting for the first time which was quite uh sweet actually um yeah. and i i just i just want to say mickle is from uh 2019 he knows that when you call people cool it's a compliment and he know he like he has to know what that means i just love mickle even more because when he said when she says yeah. you're cool he goes no i'm mickle yeah that the, the- <laughs> Dubis cool Neg bin Mikkel is such a great little exchange. It's just that I, I, if I was there with Mikkel, I would have given him a high five after he said yeah. that. Yeah, you. He's just he's just confirmed that he is cool by saying yeah. that. Like, he is. Uh, he's a cool guy. I like I, I like Mikkel more and more with each passing episode. And I will also say as well, actually, in this scene, Hannah. Um, just she comes across as just like a ball of insecurities in this um which is really interesting um but i also when she talks about imagining sort of moving objects with her mind i will add that i have 100 percent attempted to kind of concentrate real hard and channel my key into a fireball or something before so i'm right there with hannah <laughs> yeah it never works oh wow I'll, I'll say that yeah it never works you know but uh but you can keep trying keep trying yeah keep trying yeah. Um, all right, cool. So that was a nice little scene. Um, into um, the next one. So that scene sort of almost in a way like leads into what's kind of turned in. It's a little bit of a montage, except instead of a song over the top, it's Marta doing a monologue in a play. Yeah. So she's going on about, I think she's actually going on about <clears throat> labyrinths and things. Like she's actually talking a bit like it's about, I think it's actually about the Minotaur and Ariadne. Yeah, um, I wasn't sure what it was from, but um, I've yeah. got quite a lot of notes on this as well. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, well, if you go then. So 
this this is a a scene or this is a montage which which really really like holds up to a second viewing because she's talking about um what well, like basically once you know about her parents relationship which is pretty much confirmed at the end of this episode with um potentially or well, not even potentially but but their relationship um starting with uh, an abusive sexual encounter um the stuff she's talking about with like the harrowing tales of my father and demons um and then uh forgiven but not forgotten um when she's talking to her mother um which implies that there is some dark secret in her parents past and um this entire kind of monologue is is talking about how like the kind of child of or it's implying that the child of this abusive relationship is punished because they kind of exist as this constant reminder of a painful, a painful memory for, for a parent. Um, mm-hmm. So I started thinking about or trying to figure out whether Marta was the eldest, because I couldn't remember if it was her or Magnus who was the eldest. But based on what we find out about Katerina and, um, and Ulrich's first sexual encounter in this episode, my, my suspicion based off of this montage is that um, Katerina will fall pregnant as a result of that encounter. Um, and then, and, and, and Marta will effectively kind of exist as this, this object that has ruined their lives by forcing them to stay together when they didn't actually want to. Um, and then there's obviously the stuff with the a thread red light blood that cleaves together all our deeds, which feels like very very explicit imagery for the the red uh thread or literally the red thread that we've seen around uh oh, yeah, bike. Yeah. awesome uh yeah i love that analysis i am unfortunately going to burst your bubble okay marta would have to be 33 years old oh that's a, that's a good point that is a good point actually yeah i hadn't thought about that um but fantastic analysis uh but i don't think it's unfounded and i think one thing that you have not mentioned at all yet, and I'm just wondering whether you've put these things together in your mind or you've even thought about them, is that in the next scene, when uh, well, we can go back to moments in this as well, but just to, just to reiterate on this little, the, the sort of analysis you've just done, in the next scene, whenever Jonas and Marta end up kissing each other, yeah, I took the talk of, of the invisible bond and all that in, in that monologue to, to mean that they want to be together, but there's the invisible bond of the fact that she's his auntie there. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, I, th- I think there's definitely something to that as well. Um, these kind of, yeah, these, these threads and, and walls that these characters can't see that, that still kind of guide and, and prod them towards it's, I guess, I, I don't think this, this show is going to truck in, in something as, as um, sort of nebulous as destiny, but I, th- I think it, it, will, it will drill down on this idea that, well, it, in a way it already has, to be honest, drill down on this idea of, of how individuals follow these predestined paths um, mm-hmm. based on, you know, the relationships that they don't even know about yet. Um, but yeah, no, that's a good point about it being 33 years ago, actually. I hadn't, I hadn't, put two and two together on that one but i i'd still i wonder whether based on what we know about Ulrich and katarina's first sexual encounter whether mm-hmm. that will repeat itself throughout their relationship and 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 marta will come from from one of those one of those abusive sexual encounters or maybe it's a one-off but um but it certainly seems like she she carries a lot of pain in her um yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, and, and like the, all those all those feelings that you're talking about, yeah, they, that could just happen down the road and it, it, she still views her in the same way. Um, just uh, what did you think when you realized in your own mind, hang on, that means that Marta is Jonas's aunt? 
Um, <laughs> it's uh, I, it, funnily enough, like it's it's kind of having said, oh, I don't think this is going to be like a Back to the Future thing. <laughs> like, I do wonder <laughs> if there's going to be a sort of a realization, not a realization, but a kind of um, subconscious revulsion that Martha experiences um, after after you know these these two share a, share a kiss because it. I could definitely see it doing that, maybe just as a little kind of throwaway thing. Um, but it's it's also it's so it, it throws so many spanners into the ideas of like you know conventional family relationships yeah. that it's it almost doesn't count in a horrible way. I don't know. Maybe I'll recant that when I when we see more of this. But uh, I I could definitely see there being a, a Back to the Future moment where she kind of feels horrified and doesn't can't really explain why. Yeah, and I will just say to the listeners, I know that they, I think the listeners really want us to go into depth talking about all the implications of who's related to who. That yeah. is, that is going to come. Um, one of the, I, I could already tell you now in the YouTube comments uh, questions video that will be out later this week, there is a YouTube comment question about all those implications. So we will be going into them in depth and having a little, little bit of a laugh about who's related to who, because <laughs> some of some of them is funny. Uh, some of them are funny, I should say. So um, we will look, we will look at that. Um, so. Just to mention quickly, Bartos uh, gets Bartos gets a call, uh, and uh, no, sorry, Jonas gets a call from Bartos, and he denies yeah. it, and then he goes in and kisses Marta, as we've talked about. Um, there's confirmation again that something happened last summer. Um, Jonas is even questioning her, "Why did you call me, not Bartos?" So she's sort of preferring him. Moving on from there, then we get the scene where Noah picks up Bartos. Um, yeah. Have you got anything you want to talk about there? Well, I mean, there's a big bloody reveal in this scene, which is like, as when yeah, first yeah, of all, yeah. like when when Noah Noah basically has a sign around his neck that says "Hello, I'm the villain," well, because he's just like it's he's a priest so collar. Clearly... I think I think that's called a priest collar. Yeah, it, it maybe yeah maybe that's what it's called. Um, but it's I mean, it's I I don't think I oh, will get more into this at the end of the episode. But the things that he's doing, we know are awful, or we suspect are awful, and the fact that he hasn't aged since 1986 is a bit like oh. Okay, this guy is this guy is time traveling. We know, like, I mean, we know, kind of know he's time traveling, but because you know he's uh, been name dropped by the hooded guys. But I think this is the moment where, to me, it became explicit that he's literally he, like he has control of time travel in mm-hmm. a fairly significant way if he's just kind of stepping through times and talking to Mikkel and then talking to Noah. So yeah, he he, Bartos, he has yeah. talking to Bartos rather. Yeah. So um, yeah, that that's all I'll say for now. But if I, I, lo- I love Noah. He's just he. It, it's quite rare for a character in this show to sort of have essentially theme music, as you say. But he definitely the way he's shot and the way um, the way the 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 score works around him is brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's, it's so <laughs> ominous. You know, it's it's yeah, almost it's like, like this is a bad guy. Like we yeah. we can all agree upon that. Yeah, yeah, this is this is who is the bad guy. Uh, all right, awesome. Uh, then there is Katarina actually gives Ulrich another chance. Well, she says I'm only gonna ask you once, but I think in the past we talked about she actually gave him a chance to own up to it before. Yeah, this is the second chance she's given him. This is the second chance she's given him. Um, are you cheating on me? Um, he sort of does a Peter and doesn't answer yeah. the question. It's um, um a, it's a great little shot this as well, uh, particularly based on what we know about the relationship by the end of this episode of those two kind of clinging to each other while the most of the screen is taken up by complete darkness. So it's sort of this visual representation mm-hmm. of how, uh, but but you know she's facing away from him. So it's these two are kind of clinging to each other because that's all they have, and with the, you know this this awful situation that's threatening to envelop them, but they don't actually really 
want each other anymore mm-hmm. perhaps they never wanted each other but it's a really nice visual metaphor yeah yeah um i agree um so then uh if you didn't think this episode was already crazy enough especially taking into account the last uh reveal as well we get a just before the musical montage we get hannah talking to her dad and she she says basically what i what i saw today and she sort of lays out essentially she describes that that Ulrich raped katarina yeah um so and then after that we get then the musical montage which i've got a few points to talk about but let's talk about the hannah's uh sort of hannah's confession it's not a, it's not a confession but you know what i mean her her witness statement so to speak um what were your thoughts on this so i have to i have to like phrase this carefully i think but the way that they've set up hannah in this episode i think this reveal is deliberately designed to make you skeptical of what she's telling her dad initially which i really hope they they get into in in later episodes this idea that that people aren't actually going to believe what she's saying um because obviously you know we know that she has malice in her heart for Katerina and, and Ulrich, particularly in the present because of how the relationship has gone. And we know she obviously likes Ulrich. One might say she's slightly infatuated with Ulrich in the eighties. Mm-hmm. So, so my first instinct was, Oh, she's making something up that is going to negatively reflect on Ulrich just to kind of get back at him for choosing Katerina over her. But, and I really like the way the show kind of takes that, takes that thought that i think it, it suspects its audience is going to have and it just twists it and basically confronts you with it in the next scene and says no like this is this is completely like well uh, certainly it sounds it seems as though what she's saying is completely true and it forces you to kind of confront the reality of the situation that hannah is going to face now where despite maybe there being some malice in what she's what what she's um report or how she feels to these two what she's reporting is actually completely accurate and um and and is going to become very difficult for her going forward mm, interesting uh so you take so obviously katarina has a big black eye you know she's she's had some <clears throat> sort of struggle and, yeah and so your your analysis of this is that yes i i agree in the way that we all thought when we first watched it that hannah is just talking a lot of nonsense yeah um i think that there was a clue to either her telling the truth or being a sociopath in the in the decision in the police station of how they shot her telling uh, her witness statement the way they shot it was a big close-up on her eyes and not once did she blink so yeah, so the, fa- the fact that she didn't blink once while she was saying it it's either that she's telling the truth and that's basically you know like you say oh they told me and they didn't even blink so Either she's telling the truth or she's a sociopath. That's what I took from that the first time I watched it. Yeah, I, I, I think there's... A, the, the fact that you see Katerina with with a, a black eye and kind of smeared makeup was enough for me to be like, okay, she is actually telling the truth. But definitely going into this, I, I was I, w- I was on the side of, well, Hannah is just doing this to be spiteful. But I think, you know, if you reflect on what the character is actually trying to achieve here, even if she were just trying to say something spiteful to get back at Ulrich, the mm-hmm. story wouldn't hold up to any kind of scrutiny. You know, she would imme- like it would immediately fall apart and she would look awful as soon as Ulrich and presumably Katerina as well deny it. Um, but I do wonder whether what's going to happen, because obviously we know Ulrich and Katerina are still together. So I mm-hmm. do wonder if what's going to happen here is that Katerina will 
deny it or, or rick and katarina will deny it either because all it pressures katarina or, or or for some other reason and that sort of starts an animosity between them that is still present in the present day mm-hmm. um that that would certainly like add a really interesting layer to their relationship uh with each other okay so let's we're sort of moving into the end game of this episode now so uh First of all, we'll talk about the contents of the box that Jonas gets. So obviously, we know the stranger sent it through Regina to him. In the box, there is a light. Yeah, um, future now, torch. Future torch, yeah. So it turns on sort of uh, without touching it, sort of swiping your hand up, uh, as well as having it's a spherical thing. Like you don't, have a, you don't have a torch looking like this unless you're trying to allude to the future, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, and then there's also in the box a letter was there anything else? was that all that was in the box those two things or was there something uh, the geiger counter as well oh yeah of course the geiger counter yeah so um yeah so Jonas now has the letter any thoughts about the future ball uh before we move on to the actual contents of the letter well so i i think we'll probably yeah probably get more into it towards the end uh when we go through theories in in broader a broader sense but i suspect that past Jonas past Jonas rather or slash the stranger has been to several times um and as you say has brought this from the future the fact that he's giving him a torch when you know torches exist in 2019 it's not you know it's 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 not uh it's not hard to get one I own a torch I own several torches in fact (laughs) um makes me think that this that there's something special about this torch beyond it just being cool and lighting up when you run your hand over it like maybe it has a some kind of ultraviolet light in it or you know some kind of, it, it like it shows things in a spectrum that you otherwise wouldn't be able to see uh is what i what i suspect this torch is going to do hmm. interesting interesting okay uh we'll look out for it let's move into the big big reveal then yeah. if you hadn't got it by now well here it is um you notice reads the letter that was we we always sort of we always sort of referenced as Michael's suicide note, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he reads the letter and it basically goes through that Mikkel is Michael. Um, I'm not going to go into detail about all the, uh, the different sort of phraseology that he uses, but I thought it was a really well-written letter and it, it was really, really nice. I also liked that the actor from Michael read it, you know, he, he, over, yeah. he sort of du- uh, dubbed over or, you know, uh, voiceovered the, the, the reading of it. I thought that really, really worked really well. Uh, right. What do you think? Well, I'd say it was, I, I thought it was a really touching voiceover, this, the, mm-hmm. the, the kind of, I mean, it, you know, it shows different stuff, but that towards the end, when it kind of lingers on, on Jonas as, as Michael's reading this, this suicide note, um, I, yeah, I found it really touching just because Jonas up until this point has, seems to have been motivated by trying to understand essentially why his father left him. Uh, and, and this, this is kind of why on revisiting the, the cemetery scene with the, the stranger, I became convinced that this guy must be him because he was talking about Mikkel slash Michael saving his life. I, I, this to me felt like the moment where his life was effectively saved because he is being, he, he's basically being told exactly why his dad left him and that it's not, yeah. it's not a, you know, a case of not loving him or something like that. But as you say there's there's some really great writing in this the the we make a lie into our truth in order to survive line is thematically very appropriate for this episode with what we know about katarina and Ulrich's relationship oh, yes. and how they've they potentially you know kind of woven 
the this this lie or kind of concealed this lie uh, of how their relationship started and in a relationship that they've tried to make work uh the wanderers in the darkness is a very is a very great image um and yeah you know i wrote michael confirmed as michael yeah boy so like, yeah, you got, got I got there eventually. Like I, I should have, on, in retrospect, I should have got there sooner. But um, as as we said off air, so to speak, I was too wedded to my future, my uh, my future Mickle theory to see the wood mm. for the trees. Yeah, and uh, it's like I was saying to you as well off air that um, I think myself, I think I I had it together. Like I did, I didn't have like I did definitely consider that, that was future Mickle when I was first watching it. Of course, I did. Uh, but that didn't stick with me for some reason. I don't know. I think I, I think I got it in episode three. Whereas I think because we're doing the podcast, you you were sort of really wanting to stick to a theory, and it would be funny if you were wrong. I think if we weren't doing the podcast, perhaps you would have got it a bit earlier, maybe. Um, which which maybe is counter to what you would think because you're doing way more like sort of looking into it. But actually, because you are looking into things so much, I think when you come up with a theory, you really want it to be true. Um, yeah. I did promise that I was going to overanalyze stuff potentially to my own detriment. So yeah. this is <laughs> potentially an example of that. Yeah. But although you got there, you got there before you were told. So, um, That's true. just about, yeah, exactly. So, and even if I, I'm sure, even if you hadn't predicted it in a previous episode, you would have, uh, you would have done. So, um, yeah. I will, do, I just want to clear something up in the comments. Someone, uh, someone accused you, uh, in the comments last week of cheating. Oh they, no! They accused, I, I they, would never. They, they accused you of when you googled uh, the the meaning of Mickle. You must have seen a spoiler. No, I can I can press my hand firmly against my heart and say I've I've seen nothing. Yeah, uh, I actually went straight to Google and googled uh, Mickle name meaning or a couple of different variations, and I didn't get any spoilers. So I don't know. If you if you just search the the name Mickle, then yeah, you probably will. But I'm sure Conrad put in meaning of Mickle or something like that. Um, so I, what I googled to be honest. Yeah, I exactly. Mickle from Dark. Who is that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a single spoiler, funnily enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gift from God. Uh, okay, awesome. So, and then as they always do, they end with something that makes you want to keep watching. Yeah. Uh, HG Town House gets visited by the stranger who is dropping is sort of dropping in to say i want you to tell me or teach me or whatever have a conversation about time about time this is this is the your kids marty something's got to be done about your kids moment (laughs) (laughs) so my my takeaway from this scene is that hd tannerhouse at this point so in uh 1986 is when i'm assuming this is happening based on what what the cave entrance looked like when yeah. the stranger walked out of it so hg townhouse starts as a clockmaker, i think which is why he's surrounded by clocks i don't mm. i i feel like he's not a scientist yet at this point and he's going to get taken by the stranger through some kind of crazy uh journey through time that's essentially going to turn him into a black hole physicist um maybe that's going to be wrong but that that was the impression i got because you know it, it looks like the stranger slash I, i'm going to refer to him as the stranger even though i think he's future jonas just because i i don't want to i don't want to like put all my all my eggs in that basket yeah um, you'll, also, you'll also confuse me if you just start you know if you start referring to him, <laughs> exactly. jonas, i won't know what's going on that I need to I need to stick to something until it's confirmed. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, I mean, he you know he looks like he just wanders in off the street. As you know, it's a little wooden door with a bell on it to let him know that someone's walked in. So it doesn't look to me like a lab of someone who's working on you know black hole physics. It looks like a clockmaker's. So um, 
yeah it's a it's a great little end to the episode though and it it is very much like we need to go back to the 1950s or whatever like it's sort of hinting that they're about to go on an insane adventure <laughs> yeah which actually would be quite uh in, in the in the realm of this uh type of this of this genre you know like uh this stranger and this old man <laughs> go on a journey through time it's sort of you know rick and morty obviously yeah, that was that was based on back to the future as well so awesome uh right i think that's the episode do you want to get into the roundup yeah sure Okay, so that was a doozy. Lots of reveals, uh, lots of setup. I think overall, what did you think? Um, I think that's the best episode so far. I think it's it's brilliantly structured and edited. Uh, the the writing kept on calling back to these like themes of our past shaping our present and future, often in you know painful and destructive ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was they were, uh, that were kind of doled out really really um, smartly. Had really great reveals, great plot plot hooks, um, and obviously getting to meet Noah, who seems like he's going to be the main antagonist of the series, is. Um, is awesome i i I felt like at the end of this episode it feels like all the pieces are kind of on the board now maybe that's completely wrong but that's how that that's the kind of feeling i have like our our main characters even if we don't know some of their names are all lined up and ready to start uh you know doing whatever it is they're going to do to correct this yeah awesome uh so i think i'm in agreement with you about it being the best episode so far I think whenever you have a successful payoff of a mystery, it's always going to feel good. Um, especially the fact that that last 15 minutes, we talked about like people rating episodes on the last 15 minutes, but the last 15 minutes of this episode was absolutely stacked. Um, yeah, so yeah. Was, and I think it's sort of like, it's sort of a mid season finale, if you know what I mean. I think it sort of works that way as well. If you think about it. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, this, they could, they could end a season on this and it would, it would work. Obviously I wouldn't be happy about it cause I want to see more, but um, yeah, I could totally, totally see this as a climax. Yeah. And I think that uh, originally breaking the fourth wall for you here a little bit, but I think originally when they were writing the show, um, that Mickle Michael reveal was at the end of the first season. Okay. And yeah, then, I mean that was that was my theory last week was that the Mickle Michael thing would be um would be held off until the end of the first season just because obviously it's a big a big reveal so that feels like the kind of thing that would naturally come up as a cliffhanger or a, yeah. you know, a little tease for the next season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh IMDb rating um 9.0 so dead on a 9. Yeah, which, I, which I, does put it as the most uh, high, the highest rated so far. I I would probably go go even higher than that, to be honest. I mean, it's kind of splitting hairs because it's obviously yeah. the highest rated, but that's one of the most compelling episodes of television I think I've seen from anything. I was I was absolutely hooked from start to finish on that. It was it was brilliant. Uh, okay, yeah. So like, obviously, we're not mental. Like, we're never going to go to a ten out of ten, but you know, nine point nine. I'll, like... I'll, I'll go for a ten. Don't you worry oh, okay. about it. Awesome. I'll I'll like like I I don't believe that a, a a full score means it's like the perfect episode. It's just the highest that I can. It's why I use a star system because it's easy. It's more nebulous. I can get yeah. away with five stars. Yeah, yeah, true. Like the, the smaller your rating system is, you can get away with the maximum. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, cool. So yeah, I think we'd be in agreement. I would definitely put it above a nine. You know, um, probably nine point nine. Like it is, it's just that yeah, good. It was. Right. It was really good. Uh, okay, cool. Um, right. What are your theories coming out of this episode then? So I obviously we've discussed that I think the stranger may be Jonas. 
but i think uh-huh. that's that's that is a big theory but i think more interesting to me than that i don't i don't really mind if they never reveal to me who that stranger is because i think my my theory going forward is that jonas his life has now irrevocably changed i think he's going to go back in time potentially go forward in time and uh, my hope or my suspicion with Jonas's character is that he's effectively never going to return to his correct time and instead going to visit a bunch of other timelines and get sort of embroiled in this this uh this sort of quest to stop Noah from doing whatever he's doing um which is going to be really interesting when in in the context of um Jonas kind of kissing Marta because to me based on my own sort of head cannon. that scene felt like the last time they're ever going to kiss each other because they're, they're Jonas is going to go off into the 80s or you know gallivanting around different timelines and he's never actually going to return to 2019 uh, maybe that'll be wrong but that's kind of how I'm how I'm expecting his character to progress from here um, but so obviously the biggest theory is to do with Noah who mm. he didn't he, I'm pretty sure he didn't age between 1986 and 2019. Which... I, I, I'll just confirm he, he didn't, unless yeah. he has the best moisturizer yeah, in the world. He has got some grade A genetics. <laughs> if yeah. he's not. So my suspicion with him is that he is stepping through times kind of at will to maintain or alter some kind of timeline, which I, I noted is he's literally playing God, which is obviously ironic for a priest. Um, and he has this sort of cabal of hooded figures who are grooming and it's disciples (laughs) possibly. (laughs) (laughs) But but I think I I don't want to draw this line of comparison because I don't know if they're doing it explicitly, but the fact that they're targeting children and there's a priest running it, it feels to me like that's a very, very poignant comparison that they're drawing there with maybe some kind of skepticism about organized religion. but, and I'm hesitant to use the word grooming because obviously that's not what they're doing, but they are abducting children for a priest. Um, but so obviously there's, there's, a lot of, um, there's a lot of weight to, to, to what they're doing there, yeah. mm-hmm. the real world comparisons. But so I think what they're doing, we know that the kids that Noah is getting a hold of aren't ending up alive. <laughs> like, because, uh, well, I suppose we don't know that, but my suspicion is Eric was kidnapped by Noah and he ended up dead. Um, and I suspect the same thing is going to happen to, to Yasin. Um, so I wonder whether Noah, with that machine that, um, that we saw Eric strapped into, whether he's like draining these kids of their, their life or something and using it to keep himself youthful as he sort of exists outside of time and maintains a a, a timeline that that suits his ends um Mm. that's kind of what i suspect he's he's doing um you think it's like uh the film tangled well or the evil witch uses rapunzel's hair to uh keep herself youthful something like that yeah but uh, i mean basically there's there's two ways or at least two ways for people to travel back in time and we know that because we know noah is doing something to do with with you know abducting kids which is presumably sending them back in time or i i should say there's there's two sort of groups that are doing stuff to kids and we know that because mickle hadn't met noah before when noah introduces himself to mickle in the hospital which means noah or noah's like fan club weren't the mm-hmm. ones who sent mickle back in time so someone else sent Mickle back in time or Mickle just accidentally 
step back in time, which seems unlikely. But um, so there, there's definitely more powers at play here than just than just Mikkel. And I, I wonder, I'm um, oh, sorry, just uh, Noah. So I wonder whether Mikkel's been sent back in time to try and fix something, um, possibly by the stranger. Um, and try to sort of grow up to stop Noah from doing what he's doing. But yeah, I think he might be like draining kids to stay youthful or something like that. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Is that the extent of your theories this week? Uh, well, my other one was that Yanis uh, turns into Alexander, but that's... <laughs> that's Yasin. Uh, Yasin. God, I'm going to... He's, he's like Catherine. I'm going to just... It's just... It's... <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Become, it's Yanis, Tronti, and Catherine. Uh, Yasin turns into Alexander. Yeah, that's definitely wrong because the, there's nowhere the ages line up. But I just remembered um, after this episode that Alexander said he came to uh, Vinden 33 years ago. And obviously we know that uh, Yasin goes back in time um, yeah, yeah, yeah. At, the, at the end of the last episode. So I started working on the theory that uh, the Yasin turns into Alexander. Yeah, like, well, maybe, maybe he's 10, 15 years short, uh, shy of what he could yeah. be. But yeah, it's, uh, that's interesting. You know, they have the same color hair, don't they? So they have the same color hair, but I mean, Alexander, yes, Alexander can talk. Yeah. So there's a few holes in that theory. I'll grant you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, awesome. What the dub? Okay. So this is a segment wherever I uh, watch the dub. I'm watching the dub for the first time, and I pick out a funny moment or an interesting moment from the dub where I think that they've done a done a strange job in the translation or they've chosen a weird actor to play the role something that sticks out to me i'm going to mention it and hopefully we'll have a little bit of a laugh at it so this week um i've honed in on noah this is the first time we've seen noah in the show and as you can imagine it's a bit like when egon first came in in episode three i was really looking forward to noah coming in because i love noah especially now that i'm uh watching the dub i'm really thinking about noah's voice you know and he's really rich and really deep in tone and it's just it's really commanding the voice so uh i was a bit annoyed whenever i got to the um actually before i say that uh let's just let we're gonna actually treat you this week we're gonna actually play the clips so uh conrad if you could play clip number two for me okay here we go here is noah's this is noah's voice in the German version, which you'll all very be very familiar with. Let's just, re let's just remind ourselves what his voice sounds like. Ich bin Bartosz. Ich weiß. Ich bin Noah. Willst du nicht einsteigen? So there we go. Very deep, very commanding. It's just unbelievable. We also, we also get the, uh, the theme music swelling as well. You know, it's just, it's just fantastic. It's fantastic, Noah. We've already talked about Noah earlier on, so I know that you like Noah too in terms of that tall, like sort of ominous tone. Yeah, it's a very, it's a, it's a great, well, and it's not your introduction to the character because you've heard him a couple of times, but it's kind of like every, every time you meet him is like a new introduction and it's always this kind of rich voice and very threatening demeanor. Yeah, yeah. okay. So bearing that in mind, <laughs> let's listen to who the people who made the dub chose to be Noah. Play clip number one. Oh, God. Bartosh. I know. And I'm Noah. Don't you want to get in? <laughs> I don't even. I don't even think I need to say anything about it. It's like he's very he's very genial. If this priest came and talked to me, I'd be like, yeah, sure. You know, I'll I'll see you on Sunday, Father. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, exactly. 
it's just it's just a complete different tone like if i'm watching if i'm watching the dub and i've it's like some people have said to me that they just watched the dub from the start because they they actually just started watching it without without even realizing in the first five ten minutes that it was a foreign language show so they started watching the dub and then they just got used to it so they just watched it that way can you imagine that person's relationship with the character noah compared to what we have already i i just i love that they they still have the same audio stingers i mean obviously they would because they wouldn't be able to remove those but they still have the same audio stingers despite the 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 tone of this person's voice not matching it yeah. whatsoever very non-threatening and this yeah. yeah it's it's absolutely crazy right well that's all i noticed this week um just a little thing i think you'll have a laugh at it um and uh hopefully next week i'll uh i'll i'll, I'll have another uh i'll notice something else that's on the level of schmuck like that was that's the level we're, we're, we're aiming for but yeah we're I hoping thought... to completely change the tone of a, of a character's uh line but i mean this isn't bad i think that's 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 pretty as far as as things that that just definitely don't measure up to the uh to the the subtitle version that's pretty good yeah yeah no definitely definitely i noticed that but uh hopefully you get a chuckle at that uh all right so we're going to do the same thing again this week because i've noticed we've got about seven or eight questions um so we're going to put up the video at a later date of the questions and answers um we haven't actually put up the previous episode's question and answers yet, so we actually don't know how that went. Maybe you'll tell me that was a terrible idea. But as I said last week, we don't want this episode to be two hours long. So we're going to try and cut it out a little bit. Uh, so this Saturday, look out for the questions and answers video. However, underneath this video, make sure you leave your questions for Conrad about episode six under this video. Because as I said, we actually record this before I put up the answers for the questions and answers. So don't put your questions on the video of the questions being answered put them onto this video okay i'll pin a comment at the top all right apart from that i think we're done for this week conrad anything you'd like to add uh no just uh yeah check out check out the uh the podcasts on the apps oh yes yeah, okay. so all, all the uh, podcast listening apps subscribe there and then you know if you subscribe maybe you're thinking actually i'll just i'll just keep watching it on youtube but if you go and subscribe there it means that randomly one day when you're out in the in the shops well, i don't know if you're in the shops these days with covid but if you're out on a run or something and you get it through your phone maybe you'll think oh i'll listen to that on the way home it might be more convenient for you is what i'm thinking yeah and it'll be like a little a little present for a man mouths to your ears when you know you're on a drive and suddenly that little little notification pops up saying new episode of after dark yeah uh so and and you're welcome for it you enjoy I, it I, and I, I will say <laughs> i will say that at the minute only the first episode is up now we're not going to be very strange about this and put up one a, one a week i'm going to put all the ones that are available up within the next week they'll all be up there soon and then we'll just put them up as they go up on youtube so it will be the same release schedule it's just we haven't got to the stage where we've got all of the episodes up they'll all be up there hopefully by the end of the weekend definitely by this time next week okay so in fact by the time you listen to this they might already be up because i might have actually got into gear. yeah exactly. i was gonna say by the end of the weekend they won't know yeah exactly yeah because <laughs> yeah well we're time tra- we're time travelers so yeah um okay yeah awesome so hopefully they'll be up there but there we go so this week was great i'm looking forward to next week uh we're, it almost feels next week like we're starting again conrad doesn't it after all those reveals yeah, I, I don't. I, I like I said. I feel all the pieces are on the board now, so I'm really interested to see to see where we go from here. It's it's. I, I'm I'm yeah. I'm raring to go. Okay, awesome. If you haven't subscribed to the channel, subscribe. Uh, loads of TV and film analysis coming, as well as the podcast. Apart from that, uh, we'll see you on Saturday for the questions and answers. Uh, goodbye.
Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the After Dark podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode.